Good morning. Thank you for coming to this briefing. To begin, no questions now. To begin, Dolan and Dutch are still missing, but we've received credible information from the source that claims to know where Dylan and Dutch will be heading. We will be conducting an operation jointly with Interpol, the CIA, the Canadian Mounties, and for good measure, an offshoot radicalized wing of the Chinese triad. Our hope is to extract Dylan and Dutch alive. The stakes are insurmountable. Classified. Frankly, unbelievable. Dylan, Dutch, if you are listening, do everything in your power to stop what's coming. And stay alive. My God, stay alive. What did you think of your students? Um, you know, they knew a lot more than uh, than I gave them credit for at the beginning. As the TA mm-hmm. of the class, I noticed that a lot of them were not westernized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lack of clothing. That, and none of them spoke any languages we spoke. Yeah. I at least speak one and a half languages. Yeah, I... Just speak English. Huh. So when we volunteered for this trip to teach indigenous peoples of Chile and Argentina in their rainforest how to hunt with high-powered rifles, it was too good to be true. Yeah. But I had a lot of questions. What did What do you think? Questions? Yeah. My question was, who's sponsoring this? I'm pretty sure it's the NRA. You. Led the class. I was grading all the papers. What was the name of that one student of yours that kept asking the question? Uh, Cinco. He would always ask a question like four or five times. I always found it weird. Yeah. They asked the same question over and over again. I forget. What was he asking you? Uh, again, you know, I mean, the we don't we don't speak the language, <laughs> but I I assumed he was asking me. What is the correct caliber for this rifle? Sure. And I kept throwing bullets at him. But he kept asking. Right. So, I don't know. It may have been something like, am I in the right class? The only drawback to the class is, when we showed up, we I mean, we came in that huge pickup with dozens of crates full of AK-47s. Yeah. Full of them. Yeah. Grenades. We didn't get any rocket launchers this time. No. Because the guy... With the thing that yeah. gives us the, the stuff, um, they're all out because he was bringing them to, um, Aleppo. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, anyways, but when we uh, when we arrived, it just felt like we were supplying them with rifles. Yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, there was a little bit of indifference to the the class. They just wanted to learn how to shoot. And break it down, and they wanted to, um, they, they just wanted the guns, and a lot of them just left. And I could have sworn I heard firing in the, in the next village over, 
I mean, but we... none of the men from the next village over, they showed up. None of them showed up. Hmm. We sent out that email chain. Yeah. It was a good class. I mean, I do not fault myself. You're a great teacher. You. I mean, we demonstrated on, what, 50, 60 llamas? The interesting thing about a llama is it has the same bout. Yeah. So when you take a 50 caliber and shoot it... Well, I think they were impressed with the fact that you can really shoot it almost anywhere and it will die. Because, <coughs> um, to be quite honest, I didn't even know that going in. Until, you know, I just... You know, the interesting thing about a 50 caliber bullet is it's very big. Yeah. So when it hits something, it really does kill it. Yeah. I was saying earlier that the llama has all the characteristics of a human. You were saying that? Yeah. Except it's a llama. Yeah. And uh, when you shoot a human point-blank range with a fifty caliber bullet, <laughs> they're going to die. I mean, yeah. that's just straight-up science. Yeah. But it was a great idea for you to smuggle the llamas in. He wanted to pay us with diamonds for the class. Yeah, I did took you, them. Did you take any? Yeah, I took all of them. Yeah, so did I. I I got some more out of them too. Yeah. <clears throat> we uh I rigged one of the one of the AK forty sevens. Yeah. To um to uh when you shoot it, it has the trigger or the flag that comes out that says bang. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then it blows up. And it severely maims the person. Huh. So I mean it's just a waiting game now until yeah. they find, find out. out. Yeah. Well, that was when we were in the South American jungle. We're not going to talk about the country because it's rooted in a, in a civil war. Yeah. And uh turns out rifles and guns and AK-47s, uh, grenades, they're highly sought after. And it's important not to radicalize the local um, indigenous tribal people. I mean, if you really want to know what country we're talking about, just... Follow the scent of dead llama. Right. It was really gory. <clears throat> and you can only eat llama so much, you kind of get tired of it. Yeah. Welcome to Dylan and Welcome Dutch to Metal Dylan Detecting. Dylan and Dutch Metal Detecting. You're premier experts in metal detecting, and, and it's every guy's. It comes in. Yeah. I used my pinpointer today. <clears throat> you did? Yeah. How was that? Uh, I mean... It didn't really do much. I like put it in the dirt, and then yeah. uh, nothing really happened. Yeah. You know, I feel like our podcast is really taking a, more of a more of the direction of the history of metal detecting. Yes. Um, yeah. And not so much like modern metal detecting. Did you want to talk about how metal detecting actually came to be, like the uh, evolution mm. of metal detecting? Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Let's uh, you start, but we know the same story. You start with how it started, and then I'll chime in. You're a great storyteller. So, it really finds its roots uh, in alchemy. Sure. Um, the earliest... And uh, if I could just stop you, yeah. alchemy was the study of turning a metal into gold. <clears throat> yeah. The the earliest uh, reports that I've ever discovered on my own about right. uh, any kind of detecting metal... It's very similar to water witching. You know what water witching is? Absolutely. When you take the uh, the willow branch and you kind of let it guide you. Oh to, yeah. Uh, the, I thought you meant when you drown a witch for being uh, for using witchcraft. Interestingly, <coughs> those are related. 
Absolutely. But we'll talk about this that. This is the stick. It's a water, um, looks like a wishbone. Mm-hmm. But the stick points to underground water source. Mm-hmm. Scientifically accurate. Yeah. If you dig far enough in the ground, you're going to hit water. Or something. Something's down there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. <clears throat> Dutch. So, uh, alchemy. Uh, Middle Ages. Uh, Sir Blavin the Mage. Uh, he was known for, uh, yeah, delving into this. And, sure. uh, was certain that he could find metals hidden underground, precious metals hidden underground, uh, by, by this wand that he would use and he would wave around and he claimed gave him magical powers. Now, was, he was burned at the stake. Yeah, and it was all a farce. Right. He, he really couldn't, but... He was, uh, was a heretic and, uh, I, I believe they quartered him after he was burned mm. to send a message. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, but that led to... <clears throat> Uh, that's as far as I got, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. <coughs> I was going to say, um, 500 years later, Yeah. Uh, there's a man named J.P. Hewitt that <clears throat> sailed over here um, in the 1800s after the uh, great um, potato famine in Ireland. Mm-hmm. He uh, came to the States and... He was missing a bunch of coins that he buried on his property, mm. um, gold coins, mm. and so he tried to fashion a metal, some type of detector to detect the waves in the ground, mm. which would detect types of metal, mm. and uh, he ended up failing at it, and he hung himself. The biggest question I have from that story, <clears throat> you mentioned Ireland. Yeah. What's that? What's Ireland? Yeah. It's, I thought it was like a fake, excuse me, fake place, because um, we all know all the nursery rhymes and the St. Patrick's Day and the guy that ran the snakes out of Ireland, but I thought Ireland was just like a, a figment of everyone's imagination. Turns out, done some research on it, bought a globe, it's part of the United Kingdom. It's like some island out there. No way. Yeah. I've never heard of it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Ireland? Yeah. Ire, I, <coughs> Ire... You're not thinking Iceland. <coughs> no, no. Because that's closer to... That's an island. Yeah, oh, is it? Yeah. Right. No, I, it's Ireland. Am okay. I saying it right? I, I don't know. I've never heard uh, of it. Yeah. Well, um... Is it England? They speak English? They... With a weird accent. It's a... Uh, I'm just going to take your word for it. You're usually right about these things. I mean, I read in a book, so maybe it doesn't exist. I've never been there. I've never been to Atlantis. I've never been to Neverland. So, you know what? Let's just do this. Ireland is a theory, and we'll conduct that science experiment to validate its, its presence. You want to tell everybody where we are right now? We're in Patagonia. Patagonia. This is the, um, it's an island, it's not, it's a, it's a inner, inland, um, mountainous area, (coughs) which is the border of Chile and Argentina. Yeah, yeah, it's down there, South America. Very south. South America. Last week we were in Aguas Calientes, which is Spanish, but we don't know what it means. 
And, uh, I mean, we went to Machu Picchu, looked around there, <clears throat> hiked up to the Sun Gate, found a lot of uh, those funnel spiders, places packed with funnel spiders, those spiders that have, they create a funnel instead of a web. Mm. Yeah. I don't even remember, why did we come to Patagonia? What oh, here? we um, got a, some type of something. To be honest, I'd have to listen to the last episode to yeah. find out why. Yeah. But I think we figured out that Yukon <clears throat> had a monastery or a quiet cabin somewhere in the Patagonian. There's some sort of clue that led <laughs> right. us here. Yeah. We had a great idea, though. Maybe if we didn't wait to record two weeks instead of like one week, we, I, I would know. Yeah. I have no clue why we're in Patagonia right now. I, I'm, for the life of me, I can't remember. You had a great idea. Great idea. You said... Let's race. Dylan, we hang out a lot. Let's see who can get there fastest. Yep. I was like, ah, sounds good. So we thought, <clears throat> So we thought, what are the two ways of transportation? To, the two main ways to, to, to go to Patagonia. From Machu Picchu. There's two. Sailing. That's one. That's a no-brainer. And? Yeah. Uh, hang gliding. Hang gliding all the way down. Now, I've always wanted to break the world record of the, the longest hang gliding flight. Mm-hmm. It's, like, not on my bucket list, but it's, like, something I, I want to do. It's kind of like I need to go to the grocery store after this, get some milk. It's, uh, it's very important to me to um, overcome these obstacles. You bought a sailboat mm-hmm. with some diamonds. Actually, it was like two diamonds. Um, do you have any more? Oh, I've got a... I have a ton. Pouch full of them. You know what they're called? No. Did some research. They're called blood diamonds. Oh, yeah? Evidently, like <clears throat> 50 or 60 villagers dug these out of the dirt, mm-hmm. and then they were, um, I think, the rumor has it, is they disappeared after that. Mm. And then the guy we, we sold all the guns to, mm-hmm. um, he got them by... Um, Lucky him. He was... in. It was inher- he inherited them. He said he, the people that found these, they were cursed, and then they, they uh, disappeared. They left. They went further into the jungle, and he, he showed me these documents. He called them the last, their last wills, that said we want you to have all the diamonds that we get. Wow. They didn't give them to their children at all. I mean, this guy is rich. Um, rich in friends. Oh, he's got a ton of friends in the and village. Now, Everybody and loves now diamonds. Him. Nobody messed with his his hut. He's well-loved. Some people don't go near him. And, uh... Yeah, so that's why we have these diamonds. Hmm. I don't know why they're... I mean, they're called blood diamonds, but I don't... I don't think anyone died. I think they just disappeared. I think they just left. They're kind of done with that life. Hmm. I don't know. Where were we? Hang gliding. Hang gliding. So, what's important about hang gliding is you need to go to a very, very high place to start hang gliding. And... We were at a very high place, Machu Picchu, and uh, <clears throat> you had your hang glider with you because you normally carry it around. It's collapsible. Yeah. Although the airlines did not treat it well. No, they did not. I had to readjust some things, and locally I had a sewing kit with a makeshift sewing machine that I was yeah. able to fix some of the silk. Yeah. Now, the the world record for the longest hang gliding flight is... I think 475 miles. It was um, it was made by a woman named Judy Ledden, I think. I, I can't remember. You know what? I mean, this is just off the top of my head. But I wanted to beat that. And the distance between Machu Picchu and Patagonia 
was 1,800 miles. Mm. So I thought, Judy's going to have a hell of a time beating that. Yeah. So, uh... Don't just break that record. Part of my language. I didn't mean to say how. Now I've said it twice. But, essentially, Machu Picchu's on the top of a mountain. And so I thought, that's a pretty high place. Yeah. As I was constructing my <clears throat> glider, mm -hmm. you had already gotten a bus down to the nearest mm -hmm. beach. Mm-hmm. And you bought a I sailboat. Bought I yeah. want to talk about the sailboat. Yeah. At length. First of all, the color. Can we talk about the color? It was beige. Right. Calm. Yeah. It's very calm. Uh, you know, I would say it was more of a, a dark beige. Was it a taupe? Dark beige. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's what I asked for. Yeah. The name... But the name of the color was unburnt caramel. Mm. Yeah. I found that really calming and uh, made me want to have a candy bar. Yeah. Uh, so you I... You named it. I named it the Celine Dion. The HMS. HMS Celine, Celine Dion. Dion. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I spent a little bit of time mm -hmm. in the British Navy. Yeah? Yeah. We were outside contractor, weren't you? Or were you actually in the British Navy? No, I was actually... For a little while, I was in the British Navy. Okay. Yeah. And then I became a contractor, and then, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Was that before we interned at that Somali um, harbor camp for kids? <clears throat> yeah, Teaching kids to, to learn how to sail and um, communicate with carrier... What's it? Container ships. Yeah. In she, Somalia. There, you know, come to think of it, there was a lot of AK-47s there, too. Yeah. I didn't feel as threatened... <clears throat> But I remember there's a lot of kids there, and remember us, they were really interested because we always said, you know, those containers of those huge ships, they probably have, like, bars of gold and diamonds and cash. Yeah. You know, what we meant to say is, it was lost in translation, what's in there is probably worth all of that. Probably has, like, trade and uh, items that you could buy stuff with, and it's probably worth a lot of money. Yeah. But I think they translate it to thinking, it's just nothing but gold and money and diamonds and turns out uh like 10 years later there's a lot of piracy in somalia yeah i always want to look into that yeah so you have the hms celine dion yeah i have my hang glider your hang glider was awesome by the way it was an american eagle <clears throat> um wrapped in an american flag <clears throat> Uh, the reason I did that is because I kind of had a feeling I'd be hang gliding from the top of South America to the bottom. And I, <clears throat> one thing is certain, there's a ton of birds of prey mm -hmm. in South America. Namely, the South African condor. It's uh, native to South America. Also, um... Parts of the area are infested with uh, African killer bees. Hmm. The beekeepers in South America have a shoot-first policy. So Bee populations are fragile. They are. It's important. But the African killer bees are larger. Hmm. They're more aggressive. Hmm. Consequently, they're in the hive a lot more than the other calm European bees. So... You know, essentially they're imprisoned for a longer amount of time with no justification. And uh, 
their lifespan is about three weeks, and they're in prison almost the entire time. So it's a hard racket, but at the same time, when they're swarming, the first thing an African killer bee wants to do is kill an American eagle. So I kind of had a target on my back, and I was really nervous during this 1,900-mile uh, hang gliding excursion. You had some trouble of your own in the Pacific yeah. going down. Let's talk about that just briefly and take as long as you want. Uh... <clears throat> there was an influx of sardines, uh, dead sardines. It was uh, an El Nino year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the waters, they got really warm. Right. Uh, extraordinarily warm off the coast of uh, South America there, off the coast of Chile. And uh, so the... Is it Chile or is it Chile? I like to say Chile because Chile. I feel like I, I sound like I know what I'm talking Chile. about. Chile, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, you do know what you're talking about. Well, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, really, the, the the waters were just flooded with dead fish everywhere. You could have walked on them, almost. Um, yeah, I could have, probably. Do you like sardines? No. I think they're disgusting. No, so I was really glad I had a whole bunch of fresh llama meat with me. Yeah. And where'd you get that? Didn't fall from the sky. <laughs> no, I got it at... Uh, grocery store. Dylan and Dutch is brought to you by PETA, the um, people for the ethical treatment of animals. Dutch. Um, I always have to say that because they are our sponsors and we want to honor them and their cause. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah, I got slowed down a little bit. Yeah. By some of the dead fish. Just mounds and mounds of dead fish everywhere. And what's scary about that many sardines, predatory mammals. So, we had a wager. Do you want to tell our listeners what the wager oh, was? Yeah. So, uh, we, we made a bet. Who can get down to Patagonia the fastest? Right. And locate... Uh, we we had the GPS coordinates for a potential... For the only cabin we could think of. Yeah. For a potential... Uh, Based on ancient Sanskrit mm-hmm. writings, which pointed to some type of ancient dwelling... We were able to think, well, we know the GPS coordinates. I mean, we memorized them. Longitude and latitude. Mm-hmm. So we decided on the longitude and latitude lines and the coordinates and said, okay, we're going to come here. <clears throat> Whoever's there first, Dutch. Gets to change the name of each other's first child. Right. This is before we had kids. Yeah. But we were going to name our kids whatever we wanted, <clears throat> but then one of us would have to rename it. Yeah. Yours is pretty nice. Explain what the name you were going to name my firstborn child, regardless of gender. Uh, I was going to name your firstborn Gus. Yeah. Um, is that from Cinderella? The mouse from Cinderella? Gus Gus? Oh, look. It is, actually. Uh, yeah? I, I mainly chose it because it's sub backwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, that explains that. Gus is one of my personal heroes in the mouse community. It's um, Mighty Mouse and... Uh, Number two is reserved for someone that might come later. And uh, Mickey Mouse is seventh, but Gus is third. Because I love his wanting to eat all that corn. You know that scene? Mm. He's like grabbing all that corn yeah. and running. And the, the cat, which is named, who cares, um, tries to kill him. And then they do some stuff. And I blacked out the last time I watched Cinderella because it was so insanely boring. Mm. I hated all the characters from it. Especially the mice. But I really loved uh, 
just the idea of Gus's character, if that makes sense. Yeah. So when you said Gus, I thought, that's good. I may even give the child's name, the middle name, Gus, mm. uh, just for uh, continuity. You know my favorite mouse? Oh, shoot, what is it? Uh, I, I don't even remember the name, so. Is it Scratchy? No. Which one is, is it Itchy or Scratchy? It's the one <clears throat> from uh, The Secret of Nim. Oh, oh, that's good. The, Wait, are they mice or rats? Well, there's both. That's right. Yeah. It's a dark cartoon. It's extremely dark. You know what mouse I don't like? It has nothing to do with me being anti-Semitic, <clears throat> which I'm not, but Feifel from An American Tale. I could not agree with you more. Don't leave your family. It's the, the Mouskowitzes. Okay. It's a little on the nose. Innuendo there. We're not going to talk about that. In fact, I'm going to edit that part out because, well, you know. But no, I, I really couldn't, I couldn't stand him and uh, his, uh, oh, I'm a mouse and where are my family and... <clears throat> And he befriends the cat. <clears throat> Perfect. Perfect impression. Of Feifel. Did yeah. you know that I was doing that? No. Yeah, that was actually me. I thought you had YouTubed it. Yeah, no. Another one of my least favorite mice? Sure. From the Rescuers. Oh, absolutely. The, All the, of them. Yeah. Josh Gabor's character? Yeah. The, the rich one? Oh, I hate that. Not into him. Yeah, I really didn't it's like that him. movie. Now that we're on least favorite mice, <laughs> we go with Minnie. They don't like Minnie. She's always getting into some trouble. Mickey's always having to bail her out. Um, she's essentially useless. So, that being said, which brings us to, I mean, it's got to bring us to something. During my flight. I was attacked, it was a coordinated attack of condors, which kind of kamikaze into one of my wings. It, the talons alone scratched the heck out of my back. Mm. Luckily, there was about ten of them, and I grabbed onto all of them, and they flew me to safety. <laughs> the hang glider was ripped to shreds. I had 300 more miles to traverse, <clears throat> and I, um... I lost the bet. Yeah. I was sure I was going to lose it because of the sardines, but... It's a good thing you you won because I was going to name your firstborn Dikembe. Mm. After my favorite basketball player, um, Tony Kukoc. He was a Croatian basketball player for Chicago Bulls. Um, but I know there was one player there, like in the league, named Dikembe Mutombo. I want to say he's from Cleveland, but uh, I forgot. So you win, you won by hours. Yeah. Amazing place. Yeah. Amazing place. We, because I had to, you know, hike through, gosh, I had to hike through a lot of jungle, I had right. to climb the side of the mountain. Sure. Um, it's, it's a rugged, rugged area down here. Gorgeous. Serene, Isolated. quiet, yeah. at night, pitch black. I mean, you feel like you're... In a land that time forgot. Really. You really do. Yeah, a land almost untouched. When I got there, I certainly forgot about time in the land that forgot time, that forgot it over to the serenity that forgot time. Space continuum. Climbed to the top of the mountain and uh, found this 
small looking right. type of uh, monastery unassuming. building. <clears throat> unassuming. I came from the opposite way because we came from different spots. I saw it from the valley floor. Yeah. And I had to walk up a bunch of steps to get to it. You were there. Somehow you're drinking iced tea. I don't know. I still don't know where you got it from. I'm not going to tell you. And uh, you fashioned a hammock. Again, you always have that hammock on you. Yeah. So, um, you were gentleman enough not to rub it in my face, one, and two, not to go into the cabin without me. No, I waited. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it, this, it looked like it's some sort of ancient type of building. It looked like it was made of clay, actually. Right. Clay and, and bricks. Almost like adobe. Yeah, 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 that's it, that's it. Um, like the precursor to Adobe. And I saw you from a ways off and started throwing, remember I was throwing those rocks at you? One of them was a hedgehog, which was great, yeah. good fun. I, no, I was know. just trying to mix it up. I don't know there are hedgehogs in uh, South America. Tried to catch you off guard. Evidently, it was a whole uh, hedgehog um, run during their mating season. So, they're fast. They're really fast. Hmm. They love gold hoops. Dutch. Um, you finally got to the top, and, uh, well, we went inside, not knowing yeah. what to expect, but we were certainly expecting anything, something. Yeah, the room was musty, it was, it was like, there's <clears throat> nothing really to behold. We, um, found, we found nothing. Um, it, and it was really just one room with one little side room. And, uh... <clears throat> there was a sleeping mat. A sleep, yeah, a sleeping mat. Which that, looked old as heck. I yeah, mean, I don't... Like, no one had been in here in a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the other places we'd been, there was clearly some evidence that, you know, someone had maybe recently been there within at least a year. Yeah. This, this had been abandoned for a long time. My only thought about, like, what Yukon... What, what, what would Yukon even do here? A place that he never told us about. Until we walk into... The, see the hidden room. <clears throat> there was a room, and there was like a hall, like a weird door structure. Yeah. And I look inside, and there's a scroll. I kind of don't want to tell the listeners what we did with the scroll until like next week, mm. because it's in a different language. We had to get it translated. You know the only other thing. That we saw in there. Oh shoot! Was the thing That's right. written uh, <clears throat> on the wall. Uh, assembly field. That's right. Assembly field, and I mean, I, 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 I don't know what it means. Um, we didn't then. We we felt like the scroll had a lot more significance, so that's really well, what we're trying to pursue right now. Yeah, I. Didn't know which one was more important. And I kind of still don't, even though the scroll had a message mm -hmm. directed towards us. Um, but the assembly fields was... I think it's an equally important... I'm sure it'll come into place. ...discover. Um, when we find Yukon, we'll ask him what it is. Next week, we're not going to say where we're headed. We are headed somewhere. Uh, can I ask you a question before we sign off? Yeah. Um, just between me and you, I, I think I stopped. Yeah, I, I stopped it. Did we, did we arm a, 
indigenous village full of weapons and mass destruction. Just between me and you. <clears throat> you know, I think we did. I'm okay with that because. Uh, you know, I'm kind of a Darwinian here. Right. It's the survival of who has the AK 47. Yeah. And, uh, Heinz, I mean, I don't even want to say hindsight being 2020. During your hunting class mm-hmm. that you gave, people were really interested in the bullet shooting guns. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if I was to have a gun, it would definitely be bullet or hatchet throwing. But, I think I go with the bullet. Yeah. Where did you get all those llamas? They were airdropped. 